2: Welcome to another edition of the bandwagon podcast and today um, is, is one guy when I first put in this thing together I had um, a bunch of areas that I wanted to cover and I think there was only a few people if I put them into kind of like a Venn diagram is some of the interest that I've got and kind of, and the overlaps uh, my next guest is that that person who's actually hitting all of those boxes so um, I'd like to introduce to you Tubbsy. How are you? i'm right it's the first time i've ticked any boxes never mind all of them <laughs> well wow, the 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 other the, the follow up was just to say where is your talkie and um, i think it, i think it's quite visible straight away i mean this is fairly unique the first time i've ever had somebody have a uh, where i'm interviewing them and having their, their instrument on the show at the same time actually i better rephrase that yeah, yeah. <laughs> the musical <It's>... instrument <laughs> this is uh to me more than an instrument this is Uh, It's just the most major part of my life. So, like, you know, in terms of, like, kind of getting straight in there, you know, in terms of, like, you you just said it there. How did that... uh, You know, I'm going to just refer to it as musical instrument at this point. How did that become such a fundamental part of your life? Um, In a nutshell, it's always been
1: there, you know? Um, Music isn't just something that we listen to or we play music is something that we feel um that we embrace um that we criticize music is an emotion you know and, uh, and certainly my opinion anyway and um, so music can comfort music can console music can make you laugh music can make you cry you know and um and, and for me, it's this instrument, for other people, it's other instruments, you know, um, for some people, it's their vocals or, um, you know, and um, so that that is my kind of perception. And that's that's the
2: relationship that's evolved between me and. Uh... So, like, you know, like kind of bringing it back to start off with that, the the kind of essence from when you first saw the Tolkien um how was that how did that relationship forge because I know like your brother was heavily it was one of your kind of like your heavily like heavily influenced you how did that relationship start then <laughs> originally right um,
1: my dad and my brother used to get me to play talking, uh, at home because it was like you said my brother's talking uh, and other instruments were always lying around and as you could you know everybody could the, right, I was always <laughs> overweight, right? So as a as a as a uh, as a baby or as a young child, right? I was, you know, uh, the doctors and everybody were quite concerned, right? you're you, you gonna do something, right? So my dad and my brother, both musicians, um, you know, both my idols and my dad was biostalgy, right? They come up with this idea that um you're always pottering around with the pork. Especially difficult bass, right? Right, that bass. We give him an especially difficult one, right? Um, that he can't get the sound out of. He'll burn his calories doing that.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> so hold on, hold on. So this you. Uh, So you started to play the talkie or got introduced to the to you as a weight loss instrument. It, it was, oh. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so,
2: so instead of Tubbsy, at that moment you were Tubby,
1: yeah,
2: and they formed into Tubbsy. Okay, carry on.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm surprised my dad and
2: my brother didn't think of the name. Right. Yeah,
1: and uh, so that's actually yeah. how it started. I thought, you know, because I wasn't interested in anything else. I wasn't interested in, um, you know, any other activities as a child. I just, I was just latched, latched onto this, right? And they said, well, all right, then, you know. Let's let's give him that, and um, and thankfully, due to their actions, you know, I've, I've developed a, a unique kind of uh, style of playing. Didn't lose any anyway.
2: weight, no, 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 no. I I will say, you know, it, I'm not fat shaming here, so you know, it, it's fine. Um, so I'm I'm just picking up then. So was there, you know, for them to give you kind of a harder instrument to start off with, or a particular style? Was there some kind of resistance for you to? To play it because obviously like they've I'm, I'm guessing it's kind of like inherently played within your family, like the musical instrument. Where, did they get to a stage where they were like, Oh, um, I'm not gonna go down, I don't want him to go down that road? Or was it always? Oh, yeah, always, yeah. always so
1: th- th- when they try to backtrack afterwards, they say, Ni right? To Dr. Bano, to Bano, to Bano, whatever it is, right? Um, I just I said, Is it your fault? You got me hooked on this. <laughs> no, not, you know, right, you know, um, because they they sort of like realized that, you know, they created their own Frankenstein, as it were, because they would try. Um, you know, I've you know, been beaten and sworn at by you know, members of the family saying, Aki you know, I'm sure that you've probably heard this from other people that you've interviewed, certain people in my sort of era, right? Whatever it is, right? um you know you've and my brother was actually the most vocal even though he was at the height of his career he would say look at me look what am i gained out of it right i'm not going to get a pension out of this right i don't get any royalties out of anything that gets released right i don't get any financial reward right now, i might get you know a few people that recognize me every time i go to the that that's about it. but for, for to get that i sacrifice everything music takes it, it it is like addiction. It, it takes hold of you, yeah. right? And you find yourself prioritizing music over almost anything. Well, anything in, in your life. In my case, right? And he was he was trying to safeguard me from falling into that same pit or trap or whatever you know. He he thought it was because that's what he was. He was you know every time the phone rang, right? Could be anything going on at home. My He could have had any plans of kids could have, could have been the kids' birthdays, mm. right? You know, mom, dad could have had anything going on. As soon as the phone rang, right, he was you know, that's a near program. That's it. That was the end. You know, he he'd had some really good jobs, right? Which he ended up losing because he prioritized the music.
2: And he and he was playing, at, you know, would you say like he was very well known in, in, in those circles. And he, at the time, he was playing on some of the biggest tracks ever is, and, and, and with some of the biggest producers as well.
1: Absolutely. I mean, one thing I'll, I'll say about my brother, he was, in, in hindsight, right? I didn't, I didn't know. That was probably too far up my own backside, as it were, right? Mm-hmm. But he was the most humble person. In 1977, he recorded Giddi Adirani with Janab Charanjit Ahuja, right? The biggest track, the biggest dorky sound ever. Today, all of these tracks you hear from whichever artist, from whichever producer, hmm. will have
2: that featured. Mean, did, he have to, did, he ha- did he have to go to India to record that? To we, from, we went to India there. anyway. Right, okay. We, we didn't, he didn't
1: actually go there to record. I think it, he fell in his laps as they went to record just the vocals, but the percussionist wasn't there.
2: Yeah. Right. The reason the reason why I was asking is is because like one of the later things I'm gonna ask about is kind of like recording techniques. So like, where you had, if you had producers coming over from, from India, how did they behave over here, or, or and vice versa? So you know, you were just saying, yeah, you, you were going to India quite regularly at that time.
1: But he was. He, they they went over there, and I think what the, the trend was at the time was that you obviously got off at Delhi. There wasn't any ambulance You got off at Delhi. You went to challenge you know, and you did the recording. Certainly, just the vocalist did them it. You go to Punjab for a couple of weeks, you come back, on your way to the airport, you pick up the master.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It'll be complete, mixed and mastered. Well, not even mastered in those days, but it would have been ready, complete, mixed, all ready for you to take home, right? Um, so, part of that recording process, I mean, in those days, they only had a two track studio. So, one track, right? So, one channel, as it was for all of the musicians. And the other was for just for the vocalist so what had to be done had to be done then they couldn't say well like okay okay so-and-so hasn't turned up going he will record him tomorrow that couldn't happen they had to do it there and then and that's how it fell in his laps because the one guy was missing right and they said well okay you'll probably play this with you let's record but what you know in talking to um people like you know, the genius that is Khalid Kamra Right. and uh, True School as well, who we both studied you know, music and our recordings and everything else, the, the depth that you know, I couldn't even imagine. And we sort of, the, the, the sort of uh, conclusion that we've come to is that that was the most prolific India producer with one of the most prolific UK production. Mm. And that unintentional chemistry, right? That spontaneous, you know, spontaneous, whatever it was at the time, has resulted in this loop coming out. This, this sound coming out. It's been played now. What, it's gonna be fifty years in the coming. be years.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it's it's that loop. the put the, Jatta there too. Loop and like GT Road. Uh, um, it, yeah, yeah. You know, if you you can kind of like pin majority of tracks somewhere down the line of gonna have a sample of that or have been influenced all, all three of these are accidental
1: hmm. right
2: gt Road they, as baraksa
1: was famously said was recording it somebody's front room right um just comes in for that doesn't come in anywhere else in the song right it was just like my son who just walked in a few minutes ago that's <laughs> <but laughs> yeah, it right <laughs> And and that's the and you know and that all has been you know uh, featured so many times and it's just it's just got that you know it's it's almost like you know it was at the right time at the right place, and and those things happen.
2: Do you feel um, it's kind of a, a lead up to my kind of next question, really, in terms of like you know UK Pangla, um or UK Punjabi folk musicians? Do you feel like there's a lot of unsung heroes, and if they are, which ones? Who are they?
1: Oh, it's there's there's thousands, right? And and I'm glad you asked that question because, um, I met up with an old friend of mine um, a couple of weeks ago, um, a guy called Pitu, Pitu Bansal, right? Another unsung hero that you probably not heard of, but he was one of the one of the you know uh, leading tolees in uh, Birmingham in the early eighties. He used to play with Natch He was one of the first guys to put these, these metal hooks on a tall treble, right? Him and Garchan used to work in a steel factory and Bittu thought of the idea. Yeah, and him and Garchan sort of developed it. Anyway, Bittu is also a very good artist painter. Bittu painted this uh, mural in his house with Sardul, Sarindra Shinda, Marathon. It's fantastic. I've seen it. I've seen uh, it. Etc. 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 And Sarindra Shindaji was at my house years ago. And I took him over. He signed it and everything else. But anyway, we, we got talking a couple of years ago, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I just unfortunately Bitby sort of caught me in the wrong end and I said Bitley, what did he have to do? how much realistically as each one of those people on your mirror contributed, really contributed to Punjabi music, how much have they actually contributed to their own pockets? Can you I'm And I'm throwing it out there and open a mouth, but can you carry, I'm saying out a podcast. right? Mm-hmm. It's us musicians, right that carried the can, right? I used to walk to school in the 70s, like the one end, one shoulder, tool, key and tall, right? Go to school with everybody knows him, Pete Singh, Pete we're at school together, right? And we used to have tools and everything else in school. We used to educate our teachers say, look, I was the first one to do toll for GCSE. Right. We could put it on the map, Gurcharan since 1968. Right. He, he, he has, you know, pretty much single-handedly, right, put Punjabi music, Punjabi culture, and Punjabi dance, all folk story on the map. Right? He's done it in a way where he's he's made it understandable for people of Polish heritage, for people of mm. Japanese heritage. He's given it color, he's given it vibrancy, but he's given. Right? Look at the amount of charity work he does and everything else. Yeah. Right? So, how many of these singers that we all put on a pedestal have actually, can actually say, actually, yeah, we, we, you know, it's not just been a one-way street where we've taken um, financially, we've taken the support and people have been our fans and have looked up to us and have idolized us.
2: And how much do we actually give back? Would you say, would you say it's fair to say then, like, I'm, I'm I'm not getting into that, um, uh, that that the conversation in terms of one's better than the other in terms of that the one can't live without the other but yet one side's getting glory compared to the other side it would would, would, I mean, or would one, you say one it,
1: side sorry one side is trying to live without the other
2: right okay one of the one of the singers
1: right, one of the singers right that i was a part of and in from mid, early to mid 80s from when he arrived in England right and throughout the 90s we absolutely we dominated and and then he fell ill and, and and all sorts of other things happened but now he's he's got um he's got a career doing pas but the songs he's playing are the ones that we did in the 80s and 90s now, so he can pick up a cd he can go into a wedding or a party or whatever and charge whatever it is to, come to hell, play those songs. But the actual people that put it all together, that put, did ninety nine percent of the work.
2: They don't going to look it. But has that always been the case in terms of even if you look in Western music, it's always the lead singer that gets the kind of uh, you know that gets the glory, and the musicians don't necessarily get that. Is that just part of the uh, part of the poison that you take if you're going to become part uh, go into that kind of line of work?
1: No, I, I, I don't, I don't think the Western market is is as bad as that. I mean, I've been involved in the Western market, right? Um, when when you sit down with people like French Montana and Drake, right, and you see how they relate the, to their musicians, so just
2: right? to clarify, you you have worked with those artists as well that you just mentioned there. Yeah,
1: this 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 a this. There's only so much I can say. I mean, yep. NDA to the hilt. Right? Yeah,
2: yeah. But
1: there, there are tracks with both of those producers. The Americans, they take their sweet time. they please release, will they do it in their own time. There's, there's tracks and videos. Um, but the way they hold, you know, if if I go into a studio now with uh um, not singer, it's Like, you know. Uh, until they need something from you, right? Once it's done, it's done. You never hear from them again. The tracks from the Americans haven't been released, and I don't know when they're going to be released, right? But it knocks you out when they remember your birthday.
2: Right, okay.
1: Right? And, you know, they may not send you a message directly. I'm not going to say that, okay, great, send me message. When a senior management team, the, you know it's come from the top mm. right?
2: so it's about appreciation basically it's, it's
1: The whole culture it's not just the appreciation it's the, the whole culture When we go to a wedding or a party or whatever right the public got this perception that it's only the singer that matters right you know they they don't really matter you know because that's the way that they've been taught.
2: I've been any different, but do you feel this is just like, um, like, is this just your feeling, or do you think that there's a, uh, like, all musicians are feeling this way, or is it, you know?
1: I'm, I mean, obviously we as musicians we all talk, and you know there are some that are feel more strongly than others. There are some that are quite happy to, do what they do, um, and you know just. Once once they finish the gig and that's the end of it, right? Um I'm I'm a lot older and I've been involved more in a lot of the um the setting up of the UK Bangla, right? And I've been you know I've been a part of it since I was six, seven years old, right? I've given my life to it. And it's given me more than. More than I deserve back right mm-hmm. and so you know that's one I'm, I'm more passionate and, and I'm more passionate I'm, especially this thing is singers thing. I don't have anything against singers some of them are you know, very, very good friends of mine, and I have a lot of respect for all of them, right but you know when you've seen so many come and so many go mm. right But we're still here, me and, and a few others. Right, we're still here and it's about time that that was recognised and that was picked up and hang on a minute you know Tubzi, Bhuta and so on so on so on so on. right you know <laughs> right Oh, there's something in what they're saying they're actually they're still standing you know so and so's come on so and so's come go on, come. Go on. Right? these guys are still there right we're missing
2: no, I, I I get I get what you and just in my head, it was you know it's, it's a weird comparison. But when you have when you think of like like even like with wrestling and WWE, you have like a hall of fame. If there was a UK Hall of Fame, obviously, like you know, you've just said like you saw boot Jack Powell definitely would be kind of inducted into it kind of straight away. Um, but then when I was thinking, what's the close recognition? You've got all these little splinter kind of awards groups going off. There's no there's no kind of unity within there, it's more of a gig of just earning tickets and getting money in there rather than the appreciation of the art um, in that side. But just going back to like, you've you said that you've been part of, you know, how long you've been part of the industry, you've been part of many bands. For those people who just don't necessarily know your kind of history, which who were the first bands and how did you get kind of in, introduced into those bands?
1: Um, my first stage experience uh, was at... Um, in Those days, there was a main in sort of Hansworth, Birmingham, it was on Wheeler Street, Los Yep. And we, we had a you know, and everything else, but everything was sort of like UK based, it was, you know. Uh, and it was very much a community affair as much as a religious affair. And everybody's heard of Boy Chan now,
2: one of yep. the first W journalists, far cross <laughs> he was there. <laughs> yeah, got carry on. Uh, and fellow Liverpool fan, right?
1: We'll I'll there. cut
2: I'll cut that bit out. <laughs>
1: right. Um so Gersh Bojana's dad used to, used to play and Gersh's dad he, he couldn't see he was right. And you know when you've heard that when you lose one of your senses; your other senses are more alert. You pick up more. Uh, I was sitting as a, as a part. I'm sitting at the front. Obviously, I wanted to hear the double acting. You know, that was that was my thing. And I was tapping my, my legs or my uh, my thighs or whatever it was. I was just playing along. And guess dad stopped it? And he said, uh, "Onuakio, whoever that is, bring them on stage,
2: right?" And that was my first experience of the age. So, you know, yeah, so you, it brings you on stage to, and puts a tall key in front of you or are you just sitting on stage just listening? I, I actually sat in his laps.
1: Right. Let me sit in his laps and play his doubler. Right. Um, many years later, Gersh actually lent me that tabla for a while when I first stopped drinking. Wow. Uh, it, was, it was a very surreal moment for me. I, I can't even describe what that yeah. meant. Right. Um, and you know, it's,
2: um, <laughs> myself, really, really. yeah, no, I, I, I could sense it where like, uh, I, I played tall, uh, tool for a very short while. And I remember lending out a all only for a few years. Well, well, you lend it for a, you know, it was a tent party and then you get it back a few years later and then you think, and then when, you know, sometimes you're like, oh my God, it brings emotion back in it because you remember where you are. There's a lot of like blood sweat and tears that have gone into learning your learning your art really, and then when you see it's almost like a limb when it comes to some some points and especially for yourself you know've been doing it for this many years it, you know it's it's naturally going to bring those kind of uh those those emotions in so you so you've gone from that stage and then you, when do you make the transition into kind of like u k Pongra? um Similar sort of uh, era, really, only about three or
1: four years later, uh, Anadi Sagib came to the house to my brother up. And um, my brother had gone out and they, they couldn't wait any longer, so they said, uh, <laughs> I got all ready. I got my claim to fame, right? And, um, and then my brother <laughs>
2: <laughs> so- did you? Was it the era where you had to have your whole your own uniform, or you could just turn up what you like? With, with the knowledge you, it was a bit more liberal than that. <laughs> but okay. With,
1: with the one that I, I brought that up because that day I learned the most valuable lesson of my musical career. Mm-hmm. I actually kicked off. When I was a kid, right? My mom was still alive, my dad was there, right? So I could, you know, all tantrums and whatever, right? And um, my brother turned around and, and he, said, I could. he said, had you have gone to this show and somebody said to you, be tune your tolki,
0: what would you have done?
1: If you'd have played tabla on your tabla, what would you have done? I've got no idea. Said, sort that out first. stage thing
2: the resilience, the backups.
1: And to date, that has been the most valuable lesson in my career. didn't like it at the time. You probably didn't understand it at the time, but I get it now. You know, it's very, very important to you know, not just take photos with this or have it in front of you for your podcast, right? <laughs> you've got to know your instrument and you've got to know when, when it needs attention
2: and what sort of attention it needs and what to do. But tuning is... Do you, I'm just gonna go slightly off track and then come back and Have you had many cases of where you've had it you've had it, it's, it's malfunctioned and you've had to just do on the on the spot uh, repairs.
1: Yeah, yeah. With, with my, uh, my 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 and and tools, um, with some lights, it's different. Once it's gone, it's pretty much, and then you have to. To playing
2: tambourine for the rest of the kingdom. Yeah, all right. Honestly, oh, so yeah. get it the tambourine backing vocals or triangle? I'm guessing.
1: Or oh, some of the other stuff that I used to do. Used to do. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, oh, yeah. This yeah. is an excuse just yeah, to yeah, go and stand yeah. by the bar. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get. We'll get. We'll get to that little bit a, a little bit later. I want to concentrate on two main uh, two kind of bands uh, for me when I was kind of growing up, and 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 you a kind of a pivotal part in even my journey in terms of uh, loving UK Bungalow. Uh, the experience with the with Satrang and then onto the Sufri boys, um, I've always wanted to know how come it was almost like the same kind of bands being used at the same, uh, you know, in same in same um, for different artists.
1: Oh, with Satrang and Sufri. Yeah. Um, Satrang happened like this. Um, myself, Sakshindra Shinda, we were part of his brother's band. Right, it was called Nimana. And there used to be a pub in the, in West Brom called the Three Mile. And we were playing in that pub. And Bajan was doing the video, but then in depth that pub were doing the video. And um Bajan actually approached me. He goes, What are you doing with these guys? You know, they're, they're you know, 20-30 years older than you. Um, wouldn't you like to play with somebody more your own age? I said, Yeah, okay, really would. He goes, Look, my son Jet, he's got his own band. We, they were called Kalakar. Yeah, and the band was Bhuta Jagdhal Bali Jagdhal Jet Jagdhal Raj Janggal, um and Gurchan Puchan you know from the Pongaral and they asked me to join in as well
2: there is a photo that does exist that Apra does put up now and again on his Facebook I'll see if I can get it and put it as an attachment
1: I, I don't think I'm in that photo
2: the Shiny come, blue tops. Yeah, yeah, the blue tops. Yeah, was it yeah, taking a holiday? Yeah, it at yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. and uh, Bali and Raja wearing pink tops. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I did get to wear the tops, but I wasn't in the photo.
2: <laughs> you took um, the photo. Oh,
1: so that's how I got in there. So, um, Jazz Gill from Satran, right? Uh, one guy who taught me into to this industry, right? Much respect, always. Um, he actually saw us play. And he discussed it with Buddha. You, you guys have got this new young percussionist, right? Why don't we bring him over to Satram? Right. Uh, I'm hoping Buddha said this, but it happened anyway. Right. I, I'm so, t-
2: just to say at this point, and just for any purist on that, I'm not saying that they're exact same members in both of the in both of the bands. I'm just saying some of the key pivotal people were in, in some of the in, in both of the bands. Go on.
1: Um. So, yeah, and that's, that's how I, I did the funny story about Satran was I went to the practice on Tuesday and I had a gula and, you know, glasses and everything and I was all quiet and scared and nervous. Right. And it was like an audition. I got the audition on Thursday
2: with long curly hair and, and everything else had changed. Right. I was like, yeah, I'm in the popular industry now. This is it. So that, so going into that one. you. It depends how far you want to go and open up on this. It, it, you needed to be just like an image change because of that? Or was it just... A, no, no, on no. That? It
1: was pretty planned. It was going
2: to happen anymore. Yeah, um, okay. The, the shock Satran had was like, hang on, where's the guy we had on? Yeah, TV? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy with glasses but with a full perm coming out. Another fine mist style, that cover. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That, that,
2: that... That's the Tubzi. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah,
1: um, so that's that's how that happened. And then Deepa are, came into Satrag after I did. Me and Jazz actually found Deepa in, in the Blue Gates pub. And Smetik- For those who don't know, Smetik High Street, right? Which is where we used to go after Satrag practices, even though I wasn't old enough. But I right. um, <laughs> uh, so Deepa was with a group of friends. He was singing. We found Deepa. And so Deepa, as we all know, fantastic vocalist, and just for the band needed because we had Slim doing the more sort of UK stuff and Deepa doing more India stuff. And, you know, we were getting a lot of recognition. The only thing with Deepa was, that he, you know, he, we couldn't always find him. <laughs> and it, it's still the same. Um, so we had a wedding at the night in, right? And it was... It was, the, it was a rowdy crowd. It was like the SP boys, you know, the West Drive, the, the, the condolers from, you know, Shinda and everybody, right? And so I obviously knew all of these guys. And I, and I said, Slim,
2: there's no way you're going to carry this one out. I just to shut up right here. <laughs> and we need to do something. So at this point, Deepa's the not there. I'm guessing. We, you... we couldn't find him,
1: tried okay. everything his in laws, his cousins, his brothers, and everything. And we're getting closer. In those days, we had to have to start at one o'clock. Like quarter past 12, you know. Can't find we, him. Yeah, we're, we're quite nervous now. And then they said, well, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? I says, There's one guy that can pull this off, and I'm pretty sure he'll be available, right? I knew Suffrey's home number off my heart. In those days, a big motor road, only Dazky you add one of these, right? So he pulls out, you know, very reluctantly, you know, like 178 pence a minute or something. <laughs> so he found Suffrey. And he would to, as he said, he'd be here in like 25 minutes. And he used to live off of a road in those days. I said, All right, give me about half an hour. Alford Road. That's right. Yeah, maybe keep behind, maybe yeah, back. yeah.
2: That was my, ju- I've, I've sold this story. On the way to school, I used to go past his house, Gachan's house, uh, Shinda Jazzy's, all when they were living down. I was in the area. I grew up with all this. The ends. I even know his door number, but I won't say. Go on, carry on. <laughs> Yeah, so you um, you made, the, you made the, the emergency phone call. He's picked it up. He's turned around and says, yeah, I can make it. So he's, he,
1: prior to that show, um, I've already told Satham that I'm leaving. Because right. we'd recorded to Love It All At Six Times. We hadn't released it. We, we said we we're going to do this. We had to happen. We we're going to do that. It didn't happen. And Malkeith had actually asked my dad six or seven times, Right, for me to join his band, right? It actually worked in my favor because Malkeet well, was just de- delaying it right to get a better price out of him. So I got that as well. <laughs> One of the only people that did. <laughs> and um so my dad was on my case because look, Malke's doing it, it's just released. Really good, 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 good. He's the most busy artist in the world. And you're saying no to work for satran right? Um and everybody knew about what Satan could do those days. <laughs> so you know, the, the the cannabis and the alcohol and, and all the rest of it. Right. And so, you know, dad always bought you not only, other, you're not only other. <laughs> while you're flicking so, your perm. <laughs> yeah. And so and that pressure from home and, the, and then the band was just not delivering. We were busy. We were, you know, recognized and everything else, but it just wasn't happening. So I said to the boys, let's look, I'm gonna go. And Bhuta and Raj, me, Bhuta and Raj were always quite close. So Bhutra and Raj said that, okay, if you're really adamant that you're going to go, Bhuta was actually going to pack his keyboards up and start videoing with Bhajan and, and the late Seva Jartar. And Raj had already had ideas about balloons and wedding decor and all that, even in those days. So when we got to this gig, and we had to get Safri on. Right? Safri obviously delivered, did amazing. The band was happy with suffering, but more so, he was happy. With, and he wasn't getting that from his own band at the time. So after the show, he approached me, he said, look, uh, how about we set something up? I said, well, you're a bit late now. I've, I've already said yes to Milakeet. <laughs> right, he goes, a uh, keyboard players right. I said, is he in? And uh, he goes, can you set me up? All right, he goes, look, here's my tape,
2: right? Um, reflections. Yeah, it
1: was that, Reflections. that was
2: on uh, Oriental Star Agency. Well, Arishma. Okay, I remember buying that from his shop. Actually, I could be tragically wrong on this. Yeah, go reflections on. Reflections was a,
1: with on Arishma. Uh, Harjinder Boparai, uh, Deepak Azanti, and Pandit Nishru. And that was the original. And uh, actually, so we gave the tape. I think it was unreleased at the time. We did to take to Buddha, and we went to see him again on Wednesday. This was Sunday. We went to see him on Wednesday, and he had, you know, you know what Buddha's like. He had all the songs mailed, and he had it all ready and everything you know? And so I used to practice with suffering, The gig with Mulkeith. So you know, I practically I stepped the suffering boys up, right? Got him in with each other. Got you know, say from his balloons and Buddha from his videoing. And they said, and am Booter ran with it, you know." Um, all credit to Booter, you know, he he developed that. And then I'm um, coming back to the singers. He he developed, you know, mm-hmm. he he nurtured him, and he he made that brand. That, that Suffering Boy's brand was something it took from virtually nothing to you know to what it became. And it was it was probably the biggest, one of the biggest brands come from the UK in the nineties.
2: So how did uh, you know? How did yourself then? Like you said, you know, you've mentioned kind of three brands already in that in in this in this bit. How did you kind of keep the peace with everyone at the same time? Did you feel that there was more unity there? People got on a lot better than it is now, or do you think it was worse? I'll tell you a story. We were playing at the Dome, uh,
1: the O2 Academy for those born after. (laughs) Um. And I went on with Sufri, right? We did the thing, and you know, everybody's seen the video with the tilly and everything else, right? Come off into the changing rooms, change my shirt, and then I've gone on with Milkid, right? Absolutely fantastic gig, and as gigs were in those days, it was all packed out, right? And um, so I've come back into the changing rooms, and uh, Milkid's giving me half of my wages. And... And we had a laugh about it. <laughs> right. And we could laugh about it because that was the era. Right? Yeah. He, was, he didn't intend not to you know, pay. Right? Yeah, yeah. In today's age, right, you know, he would have had his head chewed off. Right. But in those days, you know, that that was the kind of thing. You know, on stage, there was this Safri and kind of thing that was developed, and it was a commercial development. Off stage, after the gigs, they used to both pop Island to uh, the Plaza Restaurant on Lady Bull Road. we, we always that was that was uh, our you know our place. You know, and uh, there was a lot of unity between band members. You know, we used to, on the way back to, from gigs. I used to probably go to gigs with their team, probably come back with. I don't know, Achanak or Saki or somebody like that, right? You know, and, and I would say nobody, nobody said, oh, no, you can't come in love, and you're a dope
2: man. right? right? It's just like, yeah, Barami, you know, jump in, fine, we'll have a laugh. So, you know, like, <clears throat> if I say to you a couple of the albums that, you know, that like, kind of like monumental albums, can you just tell us some of the things that were going around with you at that time? Because I want to kind of lead it into, I remember having a conversation with someone, you were actually one of the first gigs I ever played tol which was at Victoria Palace. And um, we were part of the DJ at the time, like with Apparappajan, and um, and uh, you, you were playing Dolki. and at the time you were just in severe pain with your back. Your back was really, really hurting. And then um, I remember when you came off stage, I had a very, like the first music I spoke to, and then you say, oh, I can't play the tolki at the moment, my back's really hurting. So, so even playing the Dolki, I'm really feeling it because I was... I remember, like, the way that, you know, your technique, the way you were going going for it. And I, I just had, like, this little vision in the back of my head. I was like, oh, God, like, oh, I'm, I'm hoping that like, my back doesn't go like this. Or, you know, it was just one of those kind of weird experiences. Mm-hmm. Even so, the only reason why I bring it up, because, like, I've had, like, real extensive shoulder pain from a right when I used to, I was as a roadie kind of thing. You're picking up heavy speakers. And I was, I was getting injured, still doing, still carrying on. And I, I still, to this day, convinced that. You know, it it had that long term effects. I'm gonna go get to the album bit from there, but was kind of pain management, you know, leading on to addictions a little bit later. How are you dealing and coping with you know the fast paced multi, multi different bands you go into, and making sure your performance is always on your A game?
1: I think uh, for me, um, it was adrenaline. Right, it's. You i'm um, so engrossed, certainly now, right? Um, me and Shin had the same conversation. I've I turned up to keep, you know like can't walk, can't get straight, or whatever, right? Gone on stage, gone like the clappers, come off stage and it's back like this. And they actually thought, right? Shin actually thought I was doing that to get out of loading and unloaded. Right. And until I pointed out that I was actually being treated by one of his relatives, I pulled up. Mm. And it has been due to you know playing on the chairs, now standing up, lower back. It does get affected. When you're on stage and when you're in that zone, the adrenaline, right, it takes over and it it, it takes takes everything else away. Pain, emotion, everything else just goes. Right, and that's what sort of um, became uh, a coping mechanism. Um, um, and, and yeah, and, and sort of diverting my attention away from, from from that pain. It didn't work with alcohol. if you're in pain, when you're in alcohol, when I was in pain when when I was drinking. And you think, you know, okay, I'll have a drink, it'll, it'll go away. But it was still there. You think, well, maybe I need more for it to go away. That's what was happening. Pain wasn't going away. But your sort of the, the devil on my shoulder would say, yeah, just one more, one more, and I promise you it will go away. But it was never going to go away. Right. But whereas this now, right, when you're just at with this, there's nothing else in the way nothing if i'm playing good it's me if i'm playing bad it's me or if i was playing good it's alcohol right
2: yeah you see he's had a few
1: drinks now he's on it right playing bad
2: he's pissed yeah i definitely saw i'm I'm going back to that gig i definitely saw a change uh let me say of atmosphere after the interval (laughs) so at the back of victoria palace used the stairs to go all the way down Mm. and i was a i was a young young kid I went in uh, went down there for the first time just you know like, you know just watching and you know I I won't go too much in it but I learned quite a lot about the fungal industry at that stage. I oh, yes. think if there's ever a
1: place to learn about the fungal industry it's downstairs
2: at the Victoria Palace or downstairs at the 19th. <laughs> or do you remember that little room at the back of Samson's there used to be that wall where everyone used to work <laughs> <laughs> that. Oh. that. Or, uh, anyway, that, I'm not allowed that's, to use that. Anymore. No, no, that's another podcast that's would kill me if we if we <laughs> that bit oh. up. So, um, your memories of uh, recorded, oh, Tola Olaf. Oh, um,
1: the most recent time when we recorded um, was actually uh, I used to go to college called Joseph Chamberlain College, and. Uh, Ja- we could only get the studio during the day. So Jazz Gill said, look, I'm gonna come pick you up, right? Um we'll record. And he goes, I promise you I'll get you back on time. So he picked me up. We drove from Joseph Chamberlain College, which is for those people might be, you know, sort of small ETH kind of way, right? We drove to Smelik to Nick Tank Player Studio. Yeah. Played Dorky and Dor. And I got back in time for my next lesson.
2: <laughs> that, that quick. That
1: quick. It was just both standing one tank
2: Because I, I remember when um, I had Jazzy for my wedding and I and I had you the, 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 like you were doing the toolkit, and that's all I wanted. I went past you. And, can you just do that little can you just do the dedicate for me for of it. While you got it there, yeah. Tubbs. Can yeah. you <laughs> what can you say what can you say you probably have to if anyone's listening to it you need to you actually go onto youtube and watch him doing it that was uh, that was class another one that you know I, i've i've heard you talk about um just the you know I was, I was referring to the track uh, to is a hidden masterpiece on you know uh, on the uh, um bomba tumbi what was your memories of recording bomba tumbi bomba tumbi and another five of yeah.
1: albums um were absolutely amazing to record because all band was there when we did bomb the tumbi i wasn't actually a fully fledged member of suffering boys i was playing okay. with this at the time okay another fine mess i was obviously because i had been with suffering boys since since inception I was pretty much a band member and it didn't matter whether like say happy for instance didn't actually record say on the album but his contribution, right, was just as valuable as Safris, yeah. as Raj's, as Buddhas, or as mine. And Gurmeet is the same leader, and Taj at the time, right? So everybody was there. It was a band effort, it was a band atmosphere. And and I firmly believe that that is, you know, it's reflected in the, the in the recording and, and the way it's all come out. And the way that that, you know, hit it off right it was you know the suffering boys the whole thing about being boys is yeah it was it was like do you remember are you too young to remember men behaving badly
2: no i i remember Neil Morrissey and uh, oh, yeah, that's name. right yeah clue right oh I forgot his name but I know you're talking about yeah
1: so that was the whole atmosphere in the studio right now but they see did something similar with um, Check It Acts, right? Where they had the whole band there and they, you know, they, they actually spent three months in the studio and we only we, two weeks at a time and wondered when and *Urban another message, right? But that was just just amazing. And to work with people there, right? I'm I'm a diehard Al Art fan and and I'm also a, um in awe of Pandit Nish. Thank you. Right. The two people I believe that have been pretty much responsible for, I'm going to say right? along with Khalid Kamra. So, Pete Ware was a guy that was on that team. He was. You know, I, was I was always thinking, like, yeah, Pete, what's the next life? <laughs> <laughs> how does he How does he stand? How does he sit? Right? I wanted to know. And Pete was the guy on the inside. Pete worked with these guys for like 25, 30 years. Mm. Right? And you know, so I wanted to. Pete, how, how should how how should I position it? How should I sit? How should I stand? What if, how should I tune? I want I want to sound like Nig. I want that. I want that. You know, so for me to be able to work with Pete Ware, right? Um, and in that coupled with that fantastic atmosphere, you know, when when you're with people that you can just let up and you know that you're with people that you you know love and trust, right? And artistically right creatively there's no better atmosphere right you can just let it let it go let it happen
2: were right. you conscious Without- were you, were you at the at the time that that you're developing your own sound on the talkie or was it like because i've like for example if you think of uh uk musicians or uk pong like gretan is like a really if you had to pay if you had to play family fortune then you say name one person who, who plays the all you say gretan like be, if you say if you say talk it'd be yourself and because you, your sound is very distinct on quite a lot of you know tracks that you're playing at this stage I know you're saying that you were trying to look up to these guys, but surely at some stage you would you were understanding that your own sound was coming through as well
1: um it's a,
2: it's a very difficult
1: question right thanks is so focused on the progression of it, it was we were almost like the Gadar Party, right? You, you know, we we're rich of the movement, right? I think I did ah, now. We want to cross over to the mainstream. We want to do yeah. this. We want to do that. We want to do the other, right? The individual sort of credit or individual whatever, you know, just didn't just didn't factor. i, I you know, and, and and another thing that I, I didn't want to do, you know, and every time I felt myself doing it, I had to kick myself. To, you know, for the head to swell, to or, you know, you get edited about something which, you know, just just wasn't right for me. I mean, plenty of times people have said it, say, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. man, you, you, you sound different to this, and you sound different to that, and, and everything else. But it wasn't until the sort of mid-late 90s when it actually, you know, dawned on me that, you know, people actually wanted to start learning. Um, and, and people were quite persistent about it. Before, it was just people within the industry. I've never thought twice about it. You know, somebody says, "Yeah, I'd see the kid that kid I I'm saying, "Here you go, right?" And then you got certain people that said, "No, no, no." I will tell you, one prominent figure when I was a kid, right? I went, you know, my brother sent me to his house. And he was, know, we are not the other world. So I went to his house, and he gave me the runaround for And then when I did finally get to see him. He, uh, he taught me Bhangra, right? And he taught me how to hold the door, right? You know, on my right shoulder, the and everything else, right? Then he said to me, he goes, I've showed you now. You can't show anybody else. Why well, is that what both of you and me at business? And that was the last time I went to this person, right? I don't think like that, right? I'm meeting you. It's it belongs to the genre, it belongs to pandab it belongs to it to a whole bigger picture than me. Right. And that's the way I've always been. So focusing on my own style and, and what was going on within within that. I don't know, it just it's,
2: it's, it's, it's really strange, isn't it? Because at the top at, at, at nowadays you're almost promoted to kind of you know use your individuality to kind of show off in terms of like you know on social media yet you, when you've been taught it at the same time it was more kind of like going together apart from that one person but you said something a bit earlier where you said that you know it's like the same individual still floating around and still surviving now like yourself do you do you think that's because that there's a lack of a new generation learning these instruments coming in there as well and um if so, do you feel do, do you feel the responsibility to try and pass on the knowledge um, unlike that person that you were saying?
1: Absolutely. I think you've you've, you've answered the question. Um I think you've answered your question. Yeah. Um
2: uh, <laughs> okay, let me think of the well, next one. No, go, Karen. <laughs> right.
1: My own kids, right? Um you know, obviously I've never tried to ram this down the throat. It's kind of, you know, you know, your dad's a doggy player, so you have to be a doggy player, right? Um, I'm very lucky that all three of my kids do play music, right? But when, you know, sometimes you do find yourself saying, right, um, yeah, you know, like, you know, sound like, you know, guy, right? Another unsung hero from Rotary, right? He would just say, Right. Uh, and Vikr, Vikr tam, he, he was another one always on my knees. So I, I sort of like to say, you know, put in a, a bit of practice. And then, you know, the general vibe was that, yeah, that no, you're saying do that. But to what end? Which is where I started. Nobody had any qualms about me playing. Right, so stays there because there's no live bands at weddings or parties anymore. Right, then we're considered as you know some sort of second rate people, right? But yeah, we can sit and play at home, but that's not what an artist does. An Artist is there, an artist is an exhibitionist, yeah, an artist needs an audience, right. So with that in mind, is with um, with All Stars and certainly now with the live experience, um, I've tried to use that platform to get more and more youngsters involved. Right, One, two examples, um, Stephen Sahota. Uh, he evolved, uh, he was a fantastic artist anyway, right? And he lived, lived in a first Dom which was down at So he evolved, and you know, we used to take him with us on tour and, you know, right? So he evolved through All Stars and Live Experience.
0: Tabla from Manchester, phenomenal artist, right?
1: but not just the way he plays, it's the whole dedication behind it. Right, his rears and the way he is able through the new tools of media right to able to to inspire other youngsters and my aim isn't just to, to give them a give them a chance it's to to inspire them to inspire others well, reach out to whoever you can reach out to there's another guy um, from the 90s a guy called manjeet right who's recently been playing with us right? he produced a lot of well, the albums albums, like, the wallpaper, etc., and uh, he plays an array of instruments. He can stack all down on a ball key, drums, keyboards, guitar. And the, the guy is, is is so educated, very high-profile job. He's a, he's an example of maybe not to the kids, but to the parents, and say, look, you can do books. Right? And and sort of have people like that. And then we've got uh, Harry Mataru, you know, Legends Band. He was playing with us. say saying, that, you know, you can have a career, and he's he's been promoted as an inspector. So you can have a career, uh, a mainstream career. Will be a program musician. Program musicians are not something to be frowned on. It's not something to be discouraged, right? And oh, it's it is. A genre that you have to learn—it's it's, this. There used to be this kid. You don't have to learn how to play bonga. Right? You don't have to learn how to play do, right? Just because most of them got the child beat that DNA, anyway, right? It's because of the Punjabi. It's because of who we are. You see, with you, you see that
2: you see that we kids dancing straight away, and it was the young
1: exactly kids? right. I'll give you an example. Right? I was teaching Darby many years ago. When Right. That's all right. And, um, this these parents bought the, the, the kid, they was like virtually dragged him like threw him in front of me. I said, Can you do with him, do something with him? I said, Can you? That's, that's what I'm here for. Uh I said, well, what's the story? What's going on? Is he has he been not? I said, No, nah, no, he just keeps on banging everything he gets a hold of, you know, he's we get complaints from school. This kid was about eight, nine years old, right? You can't whatever he's just got these pens and sticks and whatever and he keeps the right. And we just go, you know, just bring it to you for at least stay out of his system. I said, okay, and the dad goes, He goes, I don't know where he gets it from. He goes, I don't listen to My wife doesn't listen to it. Said, you, don't speak, you
0: know, we, we just we don't know. I said, You've been you
1: Is your work Yeah, it's your parents. You
2: know, yeah. That's good.
1: so is your son. Right. <laughs> <laughs> good, good answer. So he, you know, It's in his culture. It's it is it, inherited. Right? To see Jordan. It's not gonna go. But that doesn't mean the, to develop it is gonna be easy. If he wants to take it to the next step, you have to learn whether it's tone, whether it's tabla, whether it's harmonium, whether it's sarangi. You have to learn, and there's a lot of dedication that goes into this.
2: I mean, you've gone through kind of like the journey with, like you know, from how we started, and we're talking about from the next generation. I think one of the one of the things to kind of you know to kind of quote Dexter at this point, which was along your journey, there was a bit of a dark. Passengers with you along along the way, and 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 you've kind of touched on it a little bit with your addictions. Can you just do, kind of go into it a little bit in terms of you know the role that's played in terms of your career wise as well? Um. At one point, um, there was a
1: film by Jackie Chan called The Drunken Master.
2: Yeah. Yes. Uh, I used to get all the drunken Pokemon stuff. <laughs> Is that your new Instagram handle? <laughs> um to, to begin with, um, it was
1: I don't know, it was almost it um, was almost
0: I don't know, fashionable
1: trendy, uh, acceptable. Um, and when, when I came into the industry, I mentioned that I was at a young age, a lot of people were older than me, so I used to, I sort of right, and uh, to say, yeah, look, come on, I'm going to miss you know, because I can put away just as much as you can, right, um, it started off pretty much like that, um, but I, the backstory was obviously I was drinking. Anyways, they choose me in alcohol, um, had a relationship way before I went into playing on stage. But the music actually aimed for my addiction a lot. you know, um, <laughs> drinking, car, at, drinking at the weddings. Like,
2: drinking at the weddings and there, stuff yeah. like
1: that,
2: um, you know,
1: was was blamed for you know, my excess drinking. Um and to, to begin with, it didn't affect my career. People took me because I could still play while I was drinking. And but then it got to a stage where you know over the stamina went, the strength went, uh, and I was just drunk I all mean, the I, you know, I started to become a liability. Um
2: unfortunately this is um almost right. but um so Pradesi, you try at that at that time when you were with Pradesi, your your performance levels were dropping and I was at my I was
1: I was at my worst as a as a as a performer with Pradesi. But I've gotta say I was I was in good hands. Um Buddha and Harchan Pradesi, right? Forever in their debt, never turned their back on me once. Not well, to say you know they never stopped taking it, but you know. Like so many times I was I went through a whole lot of um, stuff they were always there always there you know
0: um, and I'm you know forever grateful They, they
1: those two are more than brothers mm. you know? uh, and like my family I, I put them through hell as well you know um because I cared not because I, I physically did anything, to them, but because were, I made them always worried and I made him always scared to me. where I don't know where he is today they you know these three days of mobile phones you know so they had to physically come to my house to see if I was okay he's really back today or do we have to go out looking for him you know sometimes they'd find me but sometimes they find me inside but my dad couldn't lie. my dad couldn't get around himself my brothers, now, rightly so, they said that we've had enough. So, Bukta and had to pick up a cap my, my dad would form and say, fahidi, kheeta, man, ja, good you know, so, and they never once said me, and I'm today, you know, so, you know, whatever, they always did, they always did. So, you, you know, the, the addictions is obviously having a,
2: a, a an impact on your, your, your personal and, your, and, your, and your, perform, your your musical life as well at the same time. When did that moment kind of turn for you where you think, well, I've got to do something? Realistically, very early on. Very early on in my
1: drinking, I was looking for a way out.
0: Um, I drank um, destructive 10 years.
1: Well into year one, I knew that I wasn't the same as everybody else. I knew that once I picked up a drink, I couldn't put it back down. Everybody else could have two pints and say, all right, that's good enough." You know, I'd be, you know, if somebody was saying I'm going, I'd be dragging on And then you get better, better, better. You know, have one more. And then even after they all gone home, I was the one who still had on in the had one in the cupboard or under the bed or whatever it was. And the next day, I was the one who was me yeah,
2: in the morning so you started drinking the, the the morning drinking had started at that point then as well yeah and then in in terms of like you kind of touched on it really briefly but there was this kind of culture within the kind of music about right? the drink and drug culture which doesn't necessarily kind of come to it for me. i mean you said that everyone was kind of blaming it as well but it, surely it was it was having a, it was kind of fulfilling that because it's free booze as well like at the end of the day and if, for an addict having the supply there, endless supply is obviously one of the key things, isn't it? it
1: I mean, it was. It, 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 you know, it's it's so powerful, right? That uh, Even when it's not free and it's not available, you jump through hoops to get it. You, you're prepared to do anything. Mm. You're prepared to kill for it, right? So when it's there free and in endless supply, you know, it's obviously going to be, taken
2: advantage of um I, I remember having this conversation with you very early on where we were you know when um when we were in kind of a different kind of uh environment around sort of drinker and drugs and addiction environment and you were telling me about your trip to india and the extent of what happened to you, in india even when you came back over you know as an emergency case you know the, the real kind of severity of what alcohol had caused to go into that scenario to to where you were but there was a, another kind of guest involved in that story are you able to kind of just just to share to put it on record in terms of like um the 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 incident that happened when you were asleep yeah um <laughs> I,
1: mean, I can't protect the anonymity of the snake anymore <laughs> I mean the, the joke at the time. The joke said it, Somebody said it a couple of days ago. You know, I got bitten by a snake, but it was the snake that ended up dying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so the, I tried to uh, give it the, the kind of dramatic, uh, you know, diplomatic kind of introduction. So, so you've so the story is you you've come back from a wedding, right?
1: No, I came back from my brother's
2: in laws. Oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. So he um, was he getting married, or was it? Oh, I can't it was me. Was. It was me that was getting married. Yeah. The, yeah. Right. Okay. It was my dad. Two days before,
1: um, my dad came back from my inlaws after having fixed my wedding. That was on a Sunday. My wedding was fixed on Wednesday. So I had like, two days to grow a beard. <laughs> right. And uh, my dad didn't drink. Right. Um, you know, very rarely did he have the odd sip, and he'd, he'd have that the whole night. He was very strict on not drinking. Um might know why now, but you know, we never had that conversation. But he came back absolutely paralytic right? And my dad has had this thing, and I've I've got it now right? Is that you know when people are asleep, you're mindful of other people. You don't bang the doors, you don't make a cut you, know, you know, and and the neighbors and everything else, right? And um so my dad came back and he's banging the gate right and so i'm the only one that's i slept out on the veranda and i used to wear glasses at the time so i was like shit dad nookie okay so i didn't put on my glasses and i didn't put any jabla. i just ran for to open the gate, and that's when it happened i felt something pinch my uh just bottom of my foot around right the back of my ankle right I didn't think anything. I it. think it my, my focus was on getting dad inside, not dad inside, right? And um, dad had this bottle, desi that I'd been looking for every time we went to India. I was looking for, right? And you um, know, India thisy. Yes, I oh. just bandyana begi. Say I get kala pinnerina, then bandera But So he got told me to get the glasses, honey right, some lulun, masala, and a couple of mercha, Yeah,
2: right.
1: and um, he gave me the keys to the kitchen, and uh, he goes, turn the fridge off. Turn. You know, who's going to argue with the drunkard? <laughs> I said, all right, I'll turn the fridge off. And he goes, I bear a better part of it. Right. Then he goes, go back to the fridge, open the freezer compartment. So I've opened the freezer by this time, the ice has thawed, in there, he's hidden the key to a, to the Saduk in the freezer.
0: <laughs> so I've got sorry, the key in there.
2: <laughs> right. Just to hide it from you. Yeah. Oh, my right. days. Absolutely ingenious.
1: This is the same person who told the talkie base in his way. Right? <laughs> so I've got the key. and I've opened the Saduk And there's not there's just one bottle. It's, it's like bottles everywhere. So I've got the bottle out. Put it on the table. And... Um, I couldn't drink it. I got sworn at everything. Right? It was, Why can't you drink? Like just something. What
2: do um, you mean? Like they, like they poured it out for you, and you couldn't pick it up and drink it. I poured it. I, there was three of us: me, and my dad, and my brother. Yeah. And they, they
1: had theirs. I. There was no desire to drink it, and that's coming from an alcohol alcoholic. Can't function without alcohol. Just didn't want it, and. They were like, What's wrong? Mom? But you actually said, Look, you're the miracle of something. He right? Because I'll, I'll, I'll go for a walk. I don't sung from anybody, it probably comes from alcohol. Mm-hmm. Right? And something had changed. Something I didn't know what it was at the time. I woke up the next morning, my leg had swollen up like that. Right? And nobody was prepared to give me the time of day. My brother is like a microbiologist. You know. I was going to market, Bali. I was full of doctors. Yeah. Right. So I said to him, "I said, Bali, my, my leg, you take a doctor and go. You'll be fine.
0: It's not the first, right? My tire took me to the village doctor,
1: and uh, he told my tire to go. He goes, when you get there, take a long look. I said, I got water. Ready. He goes, This doctor didn't know me from Adam. But he knew my reputation, right? Um, and then days later i got married and i was limping around when i'm doing my llama. my legs were bleeding and you know so the actual me.
2: so even the actual wound itself was that started to seep through or was it infected yeah
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, even on my wedding film you know you could see blood when i'm sitting with the mama, right and the women were like cussing my or saying you know because I, and i started to look really old right they said mm-hmm.
0: just to take her over doing mm-hmm. it
1: Yeah, um, so there was blood uh where I was sitting at the llama. Uh I was limping around and I was doing the llama. i started to look, aged a hell of a lot. Um I'd aged a lot anyway with the alcohol. It was two days, Um I'd aged even more. And we couldn't I I noticed it, you know, I was getting ready for my wedding in the morning. Um Which is another thing in the morning when you you have a bath in the morning, right? The lessee or something, you have a bath,
2: right? I was given a button of teachers. So they were giving you alcohol in the morning of your wedding to kind of sort yourself out, yeah? Because like they all knew that I needed it to function, right? Okay, so they're medicating you at this point by giving you you the alcohol to um, function.
1: Everybody, you can imagine everybody walking around with their fingers crossed. Just get through today.
2: Yeah, just get through, yeah.
1: Tomorrow, we'll worry about tomorrow when it happens. Poor her. <laughs> yeah. My My siblings had, had tried to talk my dad out of uh, my marriage. Yeah. They were saying, look, it's on my my wife, you know, because
2: the doctors
1: and everybody had said that I wasn't. Right? So why get me married and just ruin someone's life? Right? and um my dad was adamant he goes yeah, yeah. um this is not
0: aimed at anybody but this
1: you remember the film yeah film, there's a dialogue in there and right so that was my dad's you marry him off that's it all problems solved
2: yeah yeah
1: and um so you know he was like look it's, again, it's quite quite emotional. My dad's bus My dad actually said, and this this is pivotal to my sobriety, right? My dad said, "I know my son, and what you see here
0: is not my son." Right?
1: and my my sister Disha. I've got three sisters. All three of them are amazing, especially Disha. She she must have really taken that on board because she's been, she's been with me, you know, ever since those words came out of my dad's mouth,
2: mm.
1: right? And she's supported me so much, you know, throughout my new life, right? Mm. Um, so, you know, the wedding went on because obviously, dad's said of the family, my my siblings actually behind <laughs> my dad's back, do my in-laws, right? Uh, they said, Look, what are you guys doing? Are you crazy? Right. Yeah, and, yeah. We did pretty good here. Right? And uh, my in laws were like, They must have been stuck. They're not going to hard place because now that they been announced Right.
2: There's money just being spent, you know, as well, trying to set it all up. There wasn't much. Money. <laughs> 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 just I like to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. So you you so while this is going on, the effects of the the venom of the snake. Do you know what, like in hindsight now, do you know what type of snake it was?
1: We found out afterwards. Um, so the wedding happened, right? My in-laws obviously clocked up really lonely. And they offered to take me to the hospital and doctors, and and my family just said, no, he he's, he's in and out of hospitals like, you know. Anything back home, right? And it's all free there. That's that's not sort of so what you guys gonna spend money on it here. Is you just gonna waste it? He's, he's that. It was just another one of his little satan that he's had when he's been drunk, right? then my dad had this other bright you know, you see them in the films like they were really long hair, beards, and you know, like Tarzan type, you know, yeah, mm. right? And right, so this guy's dancing around doing this black magic my dad and then not to boil water right and put leaves right boiling but they're tied to my legs that was right and then while this guy dances around right to get rid of the you know whatever it was um but then you know my, my in laws they uh right they said look we're taking him to hospital so they took me to hospital with the hospital in uh Jandera. And uh, they took it to this hospital, and uh, they sort of recognised that it's the um, a snake bite, right? And and I don't know what they call this snake, right? But they said that the only way to get rid of this is to find a matching snake that can give us the antidote.
2: Yeah, for the antidote, yeah. Right, and that didn't happen, um, and it all.
1: Just started to go downhill, to be honest. Um I was very delirious, um, in and out of consciousness, um seeing things, hearing things. Um and <laughs> another funny one was they some Siana said they said, Look, take him out of hospital for me. take him to this cool, right? Or this Naka, right? Right. And that's that nalka was you know, So, if you have a, a bath or you wash yourself at this nalka, no matter what snake you've been bitten by, it takes it away. So they take me to this nalka, it's little, uh, just a, a little square made of bricks. You go in and there's this nalka.
2: So I've gone in and I can't. I'm sick. So I stand. How, to ma- How many days in is this now since the snake bite? This is uh, this is probably about ten
1: days after my wedding. So actually, right. This is towards the end, right? and, there, and I can't stand. And I've looked around, and there's a skeleton. <laughs> and I go, the dog didn't work on him. How's he going to The next thing I know is they've taken me. That was the last straw I think I, I passed out or something. They took me back to the hospital, and I can remember um, they tried to do some sort of a. Me or something, and as they put me on the table, I could see that whoever they had last on that table, right? They had like um, uh, some sort of kenchi or something that was still covered in blood and everything else, and that was it. I just passed out. Um, the hospital cool. gave up. There's, there's nothing
0: we could do. And a stretcher, the lobby on the floor, right? And Me and my dad said goodbye to I can't... can't even describe what that was. But... I apologise to him. Uh, I... For everything. The, whole, the The heartache, the stress, everything that I'd through,
1: And I him for... For unconditionally, just always having my back, always. Right, the things that I did,
0: I, I begin to um, and describe, right, in my alcoholism, right. You know, he got angry, you know, Kutya Maria whatever, but never turned, never. Right, you know, and. Um,
1: they were going to give it one last try. They were trying to get me from Jalandhar to Ludhiana. And the fog was that bad that you, at the end of the house. All of the cards were stacked against at a, at a time when to try to get me there. Right. Um, my elder brother had been with me in India, come back, and then he came back to India again to try and help. Um, and I ended up, after all of that, in... Can only describe as uh, A and E DMC Hospital and DMC an Hospital for those that may or may not know has got a reputation. Only two ways you come out of that hospital: you either come out killed or you
0: come out in a wooden box. Right, uh, mostly the latter. Right, and so
1: got in there and. I was always really crap at maths at school, right? I was able to work out the probability when I was going to die next, right? Because around every six and a half to seven minutes, somebody would die. So I would lie in this bed. Right? That one's gone down. Okay, that's that one. So is it going to be that one or this one or is it going to be this one next? Right? That was what was going through my mind. It wasn't, there was a zero survival rate. People were coming in there with all sorts, right? And... Um, then somebody mentioned, somebody must have clocked out that I'm from England, right? And they mentioned that, look, we can a private room. And I overheard Matthias and was there. I said, that's the only way I'm going to survive. If I get out of this room, right? The way the odds, and he couldn't understand, but so it was the way it's stacked up,
2: right?
1: I'm number two in the list. So got the next one, but the one after that is me.
2: Yeah, the tickets, the Not tickets. I know, but yeah. I've worked
1: it out. Right? Yeah. So it's gonna be me. Right. So the only way I'm gonna survive is actually by getting out of the room. So I was in that hospital for quite a while. Um they insisted on amputating my leg because the snake bite was on the bottom of my leg. And uh, my brother, you know, stood his grounding as now. Well. Uh, he said, We're gonna out of this hospital, out of India, middle of the day, uh, and he managed it.
0: You
2: know, he. Um, um, but, what kind of, but what kind of condition were you to get onto the onto the plane? Because like you could barely stand, you're passing out. My wife held me up all the way from Lutyana to Delhi.
1: When we got to Delhi, right, um, another very powerful moment in my life. Right, you imagine. Diaphragm, yeah, and I could, Im- I could feel my life coming up from there. Old existence was coming from there, and it was gonna go right. And my wife was there, and I didn't have the guts to die in front of her, she, she wasn't part of it. All of my resentments, man, you know, all of my excuses, if you like, for drinking, I'm drinking because of this, I'm drinking because. Oh this oh, this happened to me in my life. I feel sorry for myself because of this. I feel sorry for myself because of this. It didn't fit into any of that. She who she was. Mm. She had no part in it. I couldn't say that you are to blame for this, this I couldn't point the finger at. And for that reason, I, I couldn't die in front of her. I then realized what I'd actually done by going ahead with the marriage. An innocent, totally innocent. All the others were innocent, as I realised afterwards. But this person in particular, right, at that time in my eyes, was totally... Right? I dragged her into it. I dragged her into something that she did not deserve. She had no, had no part in. And the only way I could get rid of her at that time was I started swearing at her and I was like, like, yeah, right, I don't want to see you, I don't want to see you get in life, you
0: know,
2: you've done this, you've done Right. Uh, to make sure that she actually... Was that the way before you died?
1: Yeah, right.
2: So to, to sort of
1: clap see the seed of resentment, say, do right, go You know, uh, and her brother as well. But yet they'd been nothing but what if all the way through they, you know, They'd been, they'd been to the middle and back just to make sure I survived, you know, from transfusions. From my, uh, my wife's elder brother, he's, he's a copper. So, you know,
2: he opened up. Anybody walking past him, like, Shh. So I called him up. So they brought him to call him Yeah, It's one of those. <laughs> so you landed in the UK then, and then, like, straight away, like. I,
1: they got me onto the plane. I was all wobbly and everything, right? And, and so my brother managed to get me on the plane. But on the plane, it was like that classic seventies film moment: "Is there a doctor on board?" <laughs> that happened, right? So, uh, not, I don't remember anything. My,
2: my brother
1: told me all about it because he was
2: like right? straight away, or like towards the middle, sometime like, during. The time. Yeah. Right. So, when we landed at
1: Heathrow, there was an ambulance waiting for me. So I went straight from the runway to a hospital in Ashford, Ashford, the little town I'm just so I spent um, I spent quite a while in uh, in Ashford Hospital.
2: And how did they identify the snake? Like, did they, were they able to do it straight away? No, because there was
1: that many different type blood types that had got into me. Any anybody thought past was ordered to give me blood, right? What had actually happened in, in the hospital was they gave me twenty minutes, right? Um, by that time, my elder brother, the monkey the the lady, he was there and he was always my next of kin. But he thought on his feet, they were about to switch me off. They said, Look, we've given him more blood, three times more blood than we're legally allowed. Mm. Right? We can't give him any more blood. I was bleeding from everywhere you could think of. It, it, was, really mm. right? it was just giving me blood. It just like I had to hold you know, it, and I just pouring out. out. Um, so he said, Well, I can't authorize you switching off Right. I'm not his next of kid anymore. He goes, "This just gonna got married in India." He goes, "That decision, bring her over, make the decision." So they're trying to salvage that at the same time. Just have well, look. Okay, even if he dies, at needs we've done the right thing by by bringing her over. to the Right. Um, so they had to keep me alive for that time. Right. Um, and by which time I started to make um, a bit of a recovery. There was. Things that I saw because uh, I slipped into a coma, okay. I was a coma for nineteen days, um, and in this corner, or in this, all this bright white light. You know, imagine that this wallpaper. Yeah, right, bright white light, and I'm sailing towards it. Very easy, comfortably sailing towards it, and you know, like going towards it,
0: and it Two people are pulling me back. One's my wife, and she's in, her, in all of her way And the other one's my mum, who I lost when I was very, very young.
1: She actually died when I was 15, but I didn't really see her. Every parts of my life, I didn't really get to see her. She was soon. in India, mm-hmm. making... Uh, my, I mean, uh, but she turned up. Right. And they're pulling me back. I'm going, no, 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 let me go. I want to sail through into this. The next thing I remember is waking up. Um, but that's that, something even more amazing happened. Um, my siblings and everybody didn't tell my dad i our god. Even though we'd said goodbye when we were in India. You know, I started to make recovery. My dad kept
0: yeah, and everything
1: was looking up. Or it's even confirmed. The wound on my leg was healing up and stuff like that. Um, but they didn't tell him about the armor. And even when my wife did come over it it's game over You've really got to switch him off. And so they said, look, okay, give us one more day. And they flew Dad over. And Dad came to see me and imagine I'm lying there.
0: And... Um, He touched my left arm. And as soon as he touched my arm, my right arm to that was the first time I'd moved on any side of life in 19 days. It was me and my dad.
2: You're waiting for your dad. He pulled me back. He's the only person that could. You know? And... um, and he woke you up in it with the door. So, Face, <laughs> face, <Fair, fair, fair. laughs> yeah. Wow. That
1: was. I mean, obviously, I didn't know that that happened. Um, mm. My sister told me afterwards. She you goes, know, she's going to be art continuous. You know, my, my brother uh, was. He had. He painted all alcoholism himself as well, and he found a way out by taking Amrit and he... You know, um, he stuck to it, and um, so he was very. Kind of, uh, he had a lot of faith in he. Yeah. In, 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 and and was going, you know, my other two sisters, Nani and Bali, they were continuing But it wasn't until Dad came that 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 that's, that's what. Back and then before they discharged me from Ashford, there was um, to um, Queen Elizabeth Hospital, maybe. the doctor who'd been there throughout, came to see me and um, another set of words that are never gonna leave me and said, uh, right, Mr. Kula, we're gonna discharge you now into the hands
0: hospital.
1: He says, Remember this, he said, if you ever want to commit suicide.
0: Don't
2: bother with a gun, a knife, or a rope. So just pick up a drink. Wow. And, and that's the kind of, that's the almost kind of life check, isn't it, really? The, you know, you talk about like the cold, harsh reality of life and death, that you, you know, from what you just shared kind of brings that together, isn't it? And you just know your distinct roots that if you go down this way, this is going to happen. If you go down that way, you know what's going to happen as well. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So then, so in terms of like, like kind of jumping ahead now as well, Tubzee's like, I know you've been quite an activist. You're trying to help as many people as you can. You know, can you just, just tell us a little bit about that and how you kind of supporting other other people through addiction. I know you use music as well to try and help people with those addictions um you know all around the world. I know you've done that as well um
0: to begin with, what
2: happened was um
1: came out of hospital, married kids, got business, got a car, music came back, and it was almost like, you know, I've climbed the ladder now and pulled it up after me, right? I'm not looking back. And then
0: a lot of people
1: started dying of alcoholism, right? People that I knew, people that I used to drink with. I just go to funerals. I look look
0: and I had to see myself. You know, it was almost like that could have or even sometimes should have been me. Right. And I was like, I've got to make the cycle.
1: Somebody's got to do something. My biggest one of my biggest hurdles was is was being able to talk to somebody who could identify everybody I talked to said like, just grow a pair, right? Do it for salt, do it for your dad, do it for for your brother. Or get some willpower, right? That's what you're lacking—willpower, right? Or you're lacking—you, you just don't care about what happens to you. Or selfish—you just. And I was like, no, 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 it's not like that. Nobody seems to understand. And then, I came across the fellowship, and I came across the fellowship by accident. Right? I was in India. Um, I've got it. I've got to tell coffee I took my car to India, and you remember I was t- talking to you about the whole car and head swelling that I avoided in music. Um, when I took my car over to India, it caught up with me. So I had a bottle of Shivas in my car all the time. I was, when I was driving around to London, I was meeting with you know, whoever, and I was pouring them drinks. And in hindsight, I knew it was only going to be a matter of time before. So you started drinking? Right, that I would have started drinking. So, this lady came to our house, bend, right, and uh, she said, uh, You just asked me by my uh, house, lady, the- yeah. because you know, my son's got a lot of pain. I think he's got, right. do you know anything about pancreatitis? And it was that massive at I was like, Yeah, I know everything there is
0: about pancreatitis.
1: Right. And what Right. she was in um, the She was Town, asana here, She was to take the I went to
0: the Mandre, the Town that there, uh, guess what? it was, it was a Punjabi AA meeting. Um. Never saw that woman again in her life. In my life, don't know who she was. She wasn't from Append, right?
1: This is real. right. I got saved that day, went into that meeting, realized exactly what had happened, right? You know, and what. Wow. um, and um, you know, I'm
0: still in touch with
1: that, one of my little groups, you know, um, in meeting in places, turn that into you now, right? But every time
0: I go to India, right, I've got to go on seminars
1: and stuff like that, you know, but not a big headed guy who knows everything about pancreatitis, my dad, right? And, and back back in England, you know, right, I started attending more meetings. You know, a where before, if I saw another brown face at a meeting, right, both of us would look the other way. Mm. <laughs>
2: yeah, especially for you Instead. being on the stage
1: as well, man. Yeah. You know. But I started approaching that person say, bro, I'm both in the same boat. Mm. Right. So how is it for you? Right? Oh yeah, he's a same here, man. Mm. Right. And that conversation involves. and then uh, more and more people start getting more comfortable with actually airing it. And the more you air it, the more it comes out and it goes away, right. And And that's how it started. I mean, um, Jazz Rye from Derby, yeah, what a guy! Right. he's he's just Right, he's, he's just uh, he's a man on a mission, you know? Yeah, I've uh, I've,
2: re- I've recorded uh, recorded jazz, so that he he he's uh, his one should be out by the time this comes out. So
1: utmost respect to him, you know,
2: um, not just because he's a Liverpool fan, but <laughs> another one. Um, I think it's kind of a good point, really, to kind of like bringing it to a close in this way. So, I mean, this is called the bandwagon and I, I, I give a chance to each of my guests to uh, to either get something off their chest or jump on a bandwagon or get off one. Um, so is there anything that, you know, you want that you feel that, you, anything that you want to kind of uh, uh, share with us?
1: Okay. Bandwagon-wise, I think... Uh... We've already spoken about the America stuff. Yeah. Um, this Christmas, uh, there's going to be another Disney release. Um, bigger and better. It, was, it was a bit of an introduction for me last time. I'd worked with other production houses in the US, Disney. So last year was a bit of an introduction. They liked the way we worked. So um, this year, um, reintroduction of uh, a classic. I will call drummer boy. Ah. But this one is the Indian drummer. <laughs> this is the drum, so that's, that's going to happen. But more so, um, I just want to emphasize both parents and children um, learning an instrument You know, is, is just as enjoyable, just as important vigorous, just as demanding as playing a sport. I know all three of my children play in different leagues. All three of them made a big ball. All three of them play music. Um, and all three of them touch wood as well. Right. So not a of means, but there you are. But um so it is all doable. Please do encourage children to pick up a document, um, And just just have just there's no there's nothing to say that you have to be just just experiment, you know, and all lessons and everything nowadays are online, just you know everything's on YouTube, whatever else there is going on. <laughs> and uh, and and find people out there that you know that will explain everything to you. It was much Words little, but do pick up an instrument uh, and do also and
0: speak as much our
1: music and language, right? Um and we've got it great on for uh, if we want any sort of longevity.
2: Thank you, Tubbsy. I really appreciate you, you know, taking time out today. I mean, we've crossed on so many different spaces, uh, unbelievable. So uh, I, I definitely we're going to do this again. We'll go into different kind of areas in, in a little bit more depth, but really appreciate it today, Tubbs. Thank you. Thank you, mate.
0: Thank you so much.